Here's my advice when it comes to personal branding and utilizing content on the internet. Put your time and energy into long-term investments. It does take a little bit more effort, but when you are building a legacy, when you are building a body of work, always just focusing on the short-term wins, you're wasting so much time. For the trailblazers, the risk-takers, and the bold leaders, Welcome to Feminine Luminary. I'm Amanda Hunter, Feminine Leadership Coach, your hype woman and guide to self-mastery in both life and business success. Get ready to go deep. From energetics to subconscious reprogramming, we're dismantling limiting beliefs, cultivating the self-confidence and self-trust to embrace your uniqueness and stand out from the crowd as a leader. So get ready to be fired up AF and invoke your Feminine Luminary. Hello, my love, and welcome back to the Feminine Luminary Podcast. I know I say this every week, but I am really excited to be sharing today's conversation with you because this guest is someone that I truly admire for the way that she shows up so honestly and openly, sharing exactly what's going on in her business behind the scenes on social media when so many people are hiding. And I can't wait for you to see a little bit further inside that in this particular conversation. Erin May Henry is a multi-passionate entrepreneur on a mission to help people live their most extraordinary life. She's a content creator and a personal branding expert. Erin is known to be the queen of community, helping her clients build a dedicated following and a standout personal brand. Erin is the owner of three fun-led businesses, her online education platform, The Chillpreneur Company, her clothing brand, Not Busy, and most recently, she's opened a creative studio in Melbourne, Australia. This was such a juicy conversation where we talked about what's working in personal branding right now, creating sustainable businesses versus chasing that short-term dopamine hit, evolving your business through multiple iterations or different eras, becoming the coolest person you know, and also the mindset side of building a mega empire. I mean, really, we could have gone on for hours with everything that we talked about here, but I won't keep you waiting any further. Let's dive into the conversation now. Erin, welcome to the Feminine Luminary Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. Erin is someone that I have looked up to for a long, long time on social media. And before we dive in, I actually want to congratulate you on something that you've done this year because I know you've created your massive vision board. On that vision board, one of the things that you had on there was your studio. And here we are. What are we, February? <laughs> I cannot believe how fast this manifestation came to life. Literally, my partner and I only discussed the possibility of even opening up, not even a studio, but an office space on Christmas Eve that evolved into conversations like, maybe we should get somewhere that we can shoot. And now it's just turned into not only an actual studio studio, but an entire another leg of our business. So thank you for the congratulations. Yes. I'm very excited. Oh. <laughs> and this is my first podcast I'm recording in yes. here. So that's even more significant. The honor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, there's so much that I can pull apart in there and I will as we dive deeper into our conversation. But I want to ask you, first of all, Erin, what makes you and your work luminary? I feel like I am very multifaceted as a person. So answering this question is not difficult in a sense, but if you ask me on a different day of the week or at a different period of time, I would answer it diff differently. But one thing that's really standing up for me today in this moment in time of where I am is just setting an example 
not only with the work that I do in my business, I am a personal brand expert, I'm a content enthusiast, I'm a content producer, like I do so many different things, which I'm so sure we'll get into. But something that's just been running through my mind to be a luminary is to set an example for every single person that you touch and inspire. And yes, I do that through my work, but something that's really been standing up for me lately is as a woman in her 30s, just showing women that life is not over. Life is not over when you hit 30. You don't need to dress a certain way, act a certain way, make certain decisions based on where you are in your life right now. And so I hope that everything that I can personally do with my personal brand, my content, my podcast, my business, my fashion sense, my life choices is to just be that leader, that example, that expander for women everywhere. And I know that's such a stereotypical answer, but when I say that, I specifically mean for women to choose themselves and not what society expects them to do just based on their chronological age. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel that so much. And I'm someone who's yeah. getting towards the end of my 30s. I actually turned 40 this year. And I felt that so deeply. You did a social media post on this around how I think you said life ends at 22 or women at 22 are past their prime. And oh my gosh. I just thought, where was I at 22? <laughs> I'm so glad social media didn't exist back then because same. (laughs) I do not want any of what happened in that decade to be documented. (laughs) Not at all. But I I look at the the people in our industry that I really admire, like yourself and like so many of the other really incredible women, they are not in their early 20s. They are people who have got that lived experience. They've got that embodied wisdom. And that's certainly something that you will bring to your work. It's something that shines through. It really is that luminary that you're standing into because you're leading by example. You're not just, hey, do this one thing. And then when I'm off camera, I'm someone completely different. It's like, nope, I'm an open book. This is what I'm all about. This is what I'm doing in my life and my business, how I'm actually creating change and doing all the things that you actually say you're doing, leading by example. And that's the way that you're showing up for your people. And the biggest thing that I want to be known for ultimately, again, I'm very well known as a personal brand expert and a content expert, and that's what I get hired for and all of these things. But something that I really want to be a luminary, I want to inspire people to do is allow themselves to evolve. I think that's one thing that I'm coming to be known for is my different eras, my different seasons. I rebrand faster than, you know, I rebrand more times than I have hot dinners, to be honest, like at this stage. But I just love allowing to give women the permission to evolve and change and change their mind. Like that's the biggest thing. I think so many women specifically are so afraid to change their mind because of the judgment, the criticism, or even just the period between that comes with that. Mm-hmm. And that leaves so many people stuck in jobs, relationships, situation, styles, environments, countries that they just that aren't serving them because it's not even that they're necessarily scared of the change, but they're scared of what the change might bring in terms of other people's opinions. And so just having that courage to evolve and shift and change over time, especially from decade to decade, I really think is like, that's the biggest work I want to do moving forward. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Which brings me to the, the next thing I want to talk about is You've been called the queen of evolution. (laughs) I think your community calls you this. It's certainly something, your ability to be able to adapt, to pivot. And I know we often hear about the word pivot and it just becomes this like catchphrase that people say, but there's a lot more depth behind it. And I think when we do that, it's about honoring ourselves, what it is that we want to create and really getting to know ourselves and stand true to that. So tell me a little bit about your evolution because as you said, you're a brand expert. That's not where you started. (laughs) 
Where did God, little no. baby Erin start as an entrepreneur and how did you get here? I have been creating content on the internet. When you say the evolution, we'll call it evolutions at <laughs> yes. this stage because there have been many. Taylor Swift's doing her errors tour at the it's moment. So fishing, I'm like, I need it? to be the post child, yes. like poster child for that. Where baby Erin, entrepreneur Erin started was actually a decade ago this year. So I'm wow, in my congrats. 10 years to become an overnight success era, <laughs> I guess. But it was October 2014. I essentially just, I was studying public relations business. I went to this event through my university and an event I didn't even want to attend, but it was a compulsory part of our class to get the good grades. And that event changed my life. It's always the way, isn't it? Yes. The sliding door moments. If I went, where would I be now? I don't know if I didn't go, sorry. But I went to this event and there was one speaker that just said a statement that kind of stuck with me. They said, if you want to ride this wave of digital entrepreneurship, like the first thing you need to do is get online and build an audience. Mind you, this is 2014. Digital entrepreneurship, I don't know. Like I didn't even know what that was at the time, but there was just that spark of inspiration, that intuitive nudge, the little ding, 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 that goes off inside you when you're like, I need to kind of do something with this. And so literally the next day, I've got the stub, like the ticket stub still. And obviously my first YouTube video, I uploaded my first YouTube video, like the next day, Amazing. it was filmed on my laptop. It was a shocking quality. It was about the fitness program that I was doing at the time. But honestly, I just rode the wave of intuition there on after that, I created content on YouTube for a lot of years until 2017. I was like, you know what? I had an audience of about 20,000 at the time. I was recently made redundant from my job in wine production, not producing the wine, doing the marketing behind the wine production. And I was like, I've got to do something. So first thing that most people do with a marketing degree and background is like, I'll start a digital marketing agency, you know, or a marketing brand, a marketing company. I did that for a little bit and it was fine. I had some really great clients, but then I was introduced to the world of like public speakers. This is my public speaking era. Tony Robbins, <laughs> Marie Folio, all of these amazing inspirations. That's usually where it starts for me. You know, introduced to a new art form, a new cultural experience, a new fashion. And I just get so lit up inspired. I watch a documentary. I'm very impressionable. And so that kind of sparks a lot of curiosity, which leads into these evolutions. But at the time I had my marketing agency and I still had my YouTube channel, but then getting so inspired by the likes of Tony Robbins and all these people, that's when I decided to start the business that I kind of have now. I mean, that even in and of itself has evolved so many times, but I started an online education business. I was doing mentoring around marketing, mindset, all of the stuff that I was really passionate about in 2017. And then gosh, now from there onwards has been so many different. If you if you just look at my Instagram, you'll see what I mean. I've just been through so many different iterations. The underlying concept behind my business has always been teaching people how to become influential, always teaching people how to, whether it be in business, whether it be on social media, but women specifically teaching women how to build a platform. It might be a small mini platform that they monetize. It could be a huge platform through a personal brand, but either way, the underlying message and mission that hasn't very, like it hasn't changed as much as my brand, the external of my brand has, is just wanting to teach people how to do that. And even now I'm going through a complete 
transitional evolution of my brand, opening the studio. I've actually been hired for a bunch, I mean, my producer era now. I've been hired (laughs) for a bunch of like (laughs) producer jobs. Like I'm still doing my own content, but I'm actually flying to like LA in a few weeks to like produce a show. Like it's very exciting. Amazing. Even now during this new era that's more focused on content production, I still just want to help women have influence, make, have an impact and do that creatively through storytelling and content and TV, whatever it might be. Like the thing that I've always wanted to do is like mission-driven people who have idea, help them to somehow spread that idea with the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, throughout that, as you said, that same underlying theme, that mission that you've had is always to help women. And I think even if we do change and we evolve into all these different iterations, the people who are successful, the ones who do have that longevity and succeed, the ones who stay true to their values, they stay true to what it is that lights them up, what it is they want want to create in the world, their legacy idea that they have and that's what you've done. And then that's a lot of the work that I do as well as it's all about helping women at whatever it is that they want to create, but doing that foundational work to really yeah. build that sense of self, that, that self-belief, that self-trust in themselves so they can then go ahead and create what it is that they were put on this earth to go ahead and create. Absolutely. The self-trust piece yes. is huge, huge relationship to self. Mm. You mentioned before that getting to know yourself. And I think that's the foundation of whether it be mindset work, personal development work, business work, I think the true magic of anything we succeed in in life, the first step is getting to know yourself. And so what that allows us to do is to create a completely original pathway. Mm -hmm. Yes, we can learn from each other and learn from leaders and get coaches and mentors and teachers and all of the things and it's so beautiful. But the more that we get to know ourselves, our desires, our biological needs, our spiritual needs, our physical needs, the greater we're able to create a pathway towards our version of success that is completely, completely not only sustainable, but enjoyable as well. Absolutely. I mean, you talk about this beautifully. You've got a great tagline for it. You talk about becoming the coolest person you know. Never forget yeah, it. It's tattooed it. on your yeah. skin. <laughs> How did you come up with that particular phrase? Honestly, I don't remember. <laughs> I know that's so pathetic to say. Yeah. I because I have the first like captured recording of yes. it. It was I was in Tasmania with my partner and I went live. So I must have said it on like an Instagram story or something like that. And not long after created a live where I was talking about it originally sparked from the original idea. I know what that was, but my intention for that year, which was going into 2022, was I just want to be myself and make an impact or something along those lines. That was my intent. I want to be myself and do cool shit or something like that. And that spawned into (laughs) becoming the coolest person I know. I wish I knew the exact origin story like I did, but it was one of those things. (laughs) I'm going to have to. There's only one other, like, I've searched the entire internet and there's only one other person who's ever said it before I've said it. So I was like, I don't think I came across this little tiny mum blog before that. So hopefully that wasn't what inspired me. But yeah, because it was just like, I I really don't know. But I I remember the first time I really started talking about it was I went live and I was like, this is my concept. This is my theme. This is what I want to focus on this year. It was the start of 2021. I just didn't even realize how much it was going to take off. Like the feedback, it was just a sentence that I had said, becoming the coolest person you know. And obviously at the time it was nothing more than 
just a statement. I, I make up names for things all the time, <laughs> names, models, formulas. I'm just one of those people who loves like everything to kind of have a brand. And then, yeah, it just really took off. I started embodying it. I, I'm someone who really likes to do a lot of hobbies. It became a big part of my story. And people just really loved it. They really embraced it. I think I had such a good physical, visual representation of what it looked like. But also it was just, you know, it's the, it's the proclamation yes. that we make, the kind of controversial statement that isn't controversial on the surface. You know, becoming the coolest person you know and how I also describe it is self-idolization, that triggers a lot more people. Yeah. But just it's the radical rebellion that comes with liking yourself. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of self-love content out there, but the way that I've described it over the years is that self-love and self-like are actually two very different things. Yes. It's actually a lot easier to love yourself because you inherently want to take care of yourself and you'll feed yourself and have shelter and all of the things that kind of come with with love the admiration and the respect that come with love but so many women are so just horrible to mean to themselves yes. you know they they say such nasty things to themselves they they view themselves in such a negative way and that's the like piece when you like yourself like genuinely are proud of yourself idolize yourself that's the whole part of becoming the coolest person you know I mean, there's so many facets to it. Now I change it again. I'm, uh, <laughs> I evolve. I evolve. Exa exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah. it's 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 in and of its core, its foundation is liking yourself mm -hmm. while you become the version of yourself that you desire to be. So yeah. becoming the coolest person you know, but then you don't have to berate yourself. You know, so much of the personal development content out there is just like who you are is not acceptable. Yes. You need to become this other person. You know, the whole Delulu concept. Mm -hmm. It's like your current reality is not good enough. So you need to completely ignore it while you just pretend to be something else. I don't believe in that, but I also don't believe in complacency and just being so loving and accepting of yourself that you never decide to change because without the evolution, we'll feel unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, why can't we do both of those things where we love ourselves into evolution? Yes, it's always that both and, isn't it? It's not just one or the mm -hmm. other. And exactly. I, I think what you said there about it being such a controversial thing is it's quite often seen as you're up yourself if you like yourself. Yep. Yep. Why can't we like ourselves? There's the mm -hmm. whole self-love movement and it has a much softer ring to it and it's all about nurturing ourselves and taking care of ourselves, yeah. which I definitely agree with. But then if you ask them, do you actually like yourself, someone who proclaims to be deep in self-love and have this self-love for themselves, do you actually like yourself? Exactly. That's a completely different question. It is. Yeah. And so I, I love the fact that you are actually, you know what, standing loud and proud. This is what it looks like. It's such a simple phrase that people can go, you know what, I'm going to embrace that. You're actually embodying it. And yeah. you're doing all of the different things to create that life that is just fulfilling because isn't that what life is meant to be? Fulfilling? Yeah. Fun? And that, like, that's the biggest thing. I think some people then also miss, miss, or the fear, I guess, the misinterpretation mm -hmm. and the fear is that self-idolization is putting oneself above everybody yeah, else. You know, it's like yes. 100% and it's not. It's, it's actually a statement of equality. It's mm -hmm. like normally what we do is we actually put ourselves below everybody else. You know, here's the line of all the people that I idolize or my friends my the people that I follow online and I am lesser than yeah, I'm not why worthy. does it either need to be I'm not worthy yes. it either needs to be this or you know then we get into narcissism and and all of this it's like why isn't it that just you like yourself you like that tree over there 
you're like that person <laughs> that you follow online. Like it's, it's a statement of equality. It's putting yourself into almost a silo. It's just like, mm. I think I'm amazing. I'm proud of myself. I think I'm cool. I think that person over there is cool. I think that bridge is cool. I think that style is cool. That trend, like it's just being able to, to put yourself into the mix of the things that inspire you. Yes. Oh, totally agree. And I know last year you dove, dove really deep into that work, didn't you? Because you're going through a bit of a phase in your own business where you're like, oh, which era am I in? Where do I want to go? How do I want to change my business? So what did that yeah. look like for you, like diving deep back into that work? Where, what was it that inspired you to really bring it back in? I almost fell into it, sort mm. of. I did have – the thing with the becoming the coolest person you know concept was I did have quite a difficult year last year of healing, we'll call it that. It was a healing year. And in hindsight, of course, it's always in hindsight, I'm actually really grateful for that year because one of my clients actually pointed out to me that this process, I was having a conversation with her and she was like, this process, it brings another layer to the whole work that you do with becoming the coolest person you know. Because before I was in a period of time when I created it, I was falling in love, business was going amazing. I was really in the depths of like my own confidence. I had left a long-term relationship and was really happy about it, you know, and then met the the love of my life. And so becoming the coolest person you know came from a very confident, happy yes. self, like being proud of myself and the life that I'd created space, which was the first layer of it. But then I had a whole other experience where I was like in the depths, the pits of healing last year. I had some family things that went on that I addressed in therapy. The business was shifting a lot. There was a lot of economic turmoil. I think a lot of people had a bit mm -hmm. of struggle in their business. I made a lot of decisions in my business. It was one of those years where it just, the work required to get myself out of the negative space that I was in was completely different to how it was being used when I was already in a positive space. And so I you know, cut to cut to not go into the full details of last year. But yeah, I was in a space where I was questioning myself, my business. It was really difficult. I had a lot of ADHD downward spirals of emotion. And <laughs> I was going to therapy. I was doing a lot of healing kind of stuff, almost to the point where, and this is probably another ent conversation entirely, where the healing in and of itself became a bit of an addiction. Mm -hmm. You know, you, there's all, you're, you get into that problem-seeking yes. state. Exactly. And so towards the end of the year, I decided to utilize the work that I had used from a more positive state and to see if it would work in that coming back to help me come back from that down or downward, I don't want to call it a spiral, but just, mm -hmm. you know, a, a more negative experience. Yes. And it did. It really did. Like the, the reprogramming, the self-reprogramming, the really monitoring my own self-talk, the journaling exercises that I use because I've developed quite a few actual tools that I use within this work now. and. Well, within a month, my life was transformed, to say the least. <laughs> Which is incredible, isn't it? That, like you said, when we are, everything is going well, we're in the highs of everything, it's very easy to look and go, it worked. It's easy to mm -hmm. do. But when mm -hmm. you're sitting in the depths of what feels like a struggle, to be able to put that into place, it's really a true testament that it does work. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And works in so many different layers. Mm, yes. And you mentioned that you've created a toolkit, haven't you? That's one of the things. I did. Yes. I did. <laughs> Over the years, both from the positive and the negative yes. space, I accumulated a lot, a lot of exercises that I was using with this work. And so many people were asking me about it because I'd always be sharing it on my Instagram stories. Like, 
this little thing that I've used. And yeah, I got so hyper-focused for a couple of days and turned it into this beautiful mini course and Notion (laughs) template and people absolutely loved it. So yeah, that's something I do have available now. Yes. I'll pop all the links in the show notes as well. So if that is something that piques your interest, definitely go check it out. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. I want to talk about your biggest or latest pivot, which is really into the personal branding space, because I know that's something that you've you've been known for for a very long time, Mm -hmm. but you've delved more into business coaching and a few other iterations of your business. Yeah. Personal branding. Yes. It's been touted as like the thing for 2024. (laughs) Speak to me a little bit about that, (laughs) because if you're not not known as a personal brand, what are you doing? Yeah, Exactly. (laughs) I have been passionate about personal branding for such a long time. And again, hindsight is always a bit of a bitch, to be honest. I, a, t- a, t- a little bit of a backstory. I, in, t- in 2018, I had a mentoring session with a coach and I was really, really excited because I had essentially a new business direction I wanted to go in. Prior to that, I'd done a lot of very like traditional business coaching you know, teaching people how to set up their offers, write the sales page, you know, build the little mini funnel, all of that kind of stuff. And I was like, there's just a missing link. Like with my clients, the thing that's missing is they just don't have an audience. People think that they're like, there's like magic. And there was a lot of like, stuff that people weren't really teaching but they were doing in their own businesses. This was really the era of like buying followers and stuff like that, which I was not about. And I was, I looked at my own business and I was like, why was I able to make six figures in my first year of running the business? And, you know, my clients who had some results and not others were getting there faster. And I was like, really the missing link is the audience. Like, that's it. Like they have built the community off the back of building a personal brand. So in 2018, I had this session with a coach. I was like, I'm really excited. I want to pivot my business. I want to teach people how to become influencers as like, I want to teach all the business coaches essentially how to become influencers. And point blank period, she was like, that's a terrible idea. Like, no, no, nothing, no conversation. I was shocked. I was still very like people pleasing, impressionable. I mean, I was 28 years old, but I still was like, felt like an absolute child. in 2018 as well, it was either you're a business coach or an influencer. The the two of them didn't cross over. They were very, very different. Yeah. Even though it was me, it was my story. Yes. It was my journey. Like I was a YouTuber. I was a fitness YouTuber first. I mean, you see it all the time now. Now it's probably like, what? You know, anyone recently to business, they're like, everyone's an influencer. But back then it was, it was like, no, it was the bro marketing era. So she basically said to me, people don't want to learn how to become influencers. And like in her mind, she's probably thinking protein powder, butt selfies, like that's the stereotypical <laughs> yes. idea of what people thought when they thought influencers. So I kind of get her rationale. However, she was like, you know, if you want to work with business coaches, you just teach them how to make money. Like that's what they want to do. They want to learn how to make sales and money. So anyway, I left that call obviously extremely disheartened and I listened, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So I did continue on. I built some really incredible programs, you know, my program Simply Business, which ran for many years, which was essentially teaching entrepreneurs how to start a business. And it, of course, had a marketing element to it. So I wove it in, in there. I just then in 2019, I launched a product called In Demand, which was like, you know what, let me just try it. Let me just try to build a course about how to become like an In Demand. It was called In Demand Personal Brand, but In Demand for sure. And it didn't sell. So of course, that was, (laughs) you know, you just think like in my heart, I'm still like, I've built multiple six figures, seven figures at this time. I'd made over a million dollars on the internet because I, I so in my heart believed it was because I had 
a personal brand. And like, this was the time where I was doing a lot of speaking for Google, you know, VidCons, I was getting featured in the Daily Mail, like every other month, like, I had this really like, sustainable personal brand, this widespread personal brand. And I was like, this surely is the reason why my business is successful. I'm not doing anything else. But I just, I guess I didn't have the the language or the right messaging to explain to other people because other people just heard the very simple approach, which was like, have a product, build a funnel, you know, use Facebook ads. And that's like, it's it was super understandable. Or, you know, a lot of people, again, just had that in their mind, a personal brand was either someone on LinkedIn or someone in the fitness space. So it took me a long time to get here, but actually in 2021, I finally relaunched a product. It was called Influencer Vibes at the time, which was my first, my next iteration of the in-demand product. And it really worked. This was the time where Reels had just come out and people were mind blown to see that they could what, post a little video of them dancing and get 5,000 new yeah. followers and, you know, a hundred new sales. And so I think people finally, I think short videos mm -hmm. really showed people the power of building an audience yes. and having a personal brand because no longer were the Facebook ad, the Facebook ads were way too expensive at this stage. The Facebook groups weren't working anymore. All the old like bro marketing, people weren't really, really loving webinars and stuff anymore. And there were, they were these people, myself included, posting a little dancing reel, <laughs> you know, and then get making a whole bunch of sales, signing clients, selling out and all of this kind of stuff. And so I launched a product called Influencer Vibes, teaching people essentially what I'd been trying to teach for years <laughs> and years and years. And it really worked. Like it was just maybe the time my language had gotten better and being able to sell my sales had gotten better. And that's what I've pretty much been teaching ever since. It's been one of the main products in my business and the main reasons why people do come to me. However, this year it's evolved probably last year and coming into this year, it has evolved a lot more into the next era. We'll just <laughs> keep going with that. That's the next it, yes. iteration, <laughs> which we are actually slowly, you know, taking away a lot of the educational side of our business and working with people to build their personal brand in a more of a consulting way. So helping them with content projects, whether that be web series, you know, brand concepts, helping people to build a personal brand from a more hands-on kind of way. Mm -hmm. But that's just evolving, isn't it? That's seeing what the market needs, understanding yeah. yeah, what it is that they need right now and just continuing to evolve. And I think yeah. if I look back, and again, hindsight is a beautiful yeah. thing. It's a bitch. It Let's is, just call yeah, it that. Yeah, we'll that. <laughs> but if you look back, it was it 2018, I think it was, when you sat yeah. down with your coach and said, this is my idea. Yeah. You weren't as far along in your personal development journey either. Of course. And so you, even though you had that little intuitive nudge, that self-trust piece comes in again. hundred percent. I think this happens so often with so many different businesses. I went through exactly the same thing. I wanted to create a course around one particular idea, which is pretty much the direction my business is in now. And at the time I was told, no, it's not really a market for it. Go down this other path. I spent a mm -hmm. good 12 to 18 months following that, that nudge and fell flat on its face. Yeah. In the right direction now, but... Yeah. Yeah. Where you are now is oh, that you've done all that work. You've, you've been able to really tap into your intuition, know what it is that you want, know what the market wants and go down that path, which is absolutely incredible. Yeah. And so when we think a little bit about the personal branding and that the landscape is continuing to change, what does it look like now, like today? What does that look like today? What should we be doing in our businesses? A lot of people are making the, I don't want to say complaints, 
they're having a frustration around the fact that social media is becoming harder. Mm -hmm. I want to put that in like quotation marks because I don't actually perceive it to becoming harder. I've been around long enough, a decade creating (laughs) content. I've been around long enough to know that it's not harder. It's just different. Yes. You know, the behavior is changing. We are going through one of those awkward behavioral changes. TikTok now apparently is prioritizing long form horizontal videos up to 10 minutes. So, you know, the, the flip between short form And long form, there's always been this debate and it keeps going back and forward. Everyone's complaining that Instagram, they're losing followers, there's no engagement. Here's my advice when it comes to personal branding and utilizing content on the internet. Use your time and energy into long-term, put your time and energy into long-term investments. How I think about short-form content and the dopamine-enriching results that we get when something you know goes a little viral or you know you get a few more extra sales from something because you've got a good funnel in your business is that you're putting so much time energy and effort and quite often a lot of frustration fear and self-doubt into something that I consider to be like gambling you know you have no control over the results with short-form content it's not to say don't do it but supplementing a lot of that energy time effort fear self-doubt all of that into something that is a little harder to get into, a little harder to create, to produce, but has a much longer term sustainable. I actually just had a meeting with our wealth manager, if you call it the real estate, the people who essentially help us buy real estate properties. And I was thinking about, it's exactly the perfect analogy. When people have all of these beautiful ideas, this energy, this time, this effort, Put it into something that has a long-term payoff, like investing in real estate versus, let's say, putting your money into a freaking slot machine. It does take a little bit more effort and energy, but when you are building a legacy, when you are building a body of work, always just focusing on the short-term wins, you're wasting so much time. And I'm not saying don't do it, but Things like a podcast, like what you're doing here, like this is an incredible collaborative opportunity. You speak to so many different people. Like when someone Googles my name, this podcast is going to come up. You know, that's why I have so many pages of of podcasts, sorry, of Google results because how many podcasts I've done. But doing a podcast, writing a book, starting the YouTube channel, doing the speaking gigs, you know, having the website with a body of work that you've produced in the past, like this, when it comes to building a personal brand, is the stuff that is going to stand the test of time, no matter how many times social media changes. I know I sound probably like an old fart at this point saying this, but I would much more want my clients to be prioritizing the Google panel than they are the freaking verification tick on Instagram. (laughs) You know, I know you can buy it now. But like that kind of stuff, like that's the kind of stuff that really makes you an industry leader, makes you a voice of your your industry, makes you someone notable in the eyes of the media, in the eyes of sustainability. It just focusing that attention into building something that is going to help create a legacy, going to help create a bit more of an empire versus the stuff that disappears after 24 hours or two weeks. Absolutely. And I mean, on social media, we don't own the platform either. If Instagram decided to shut down tomorrow, if that's all you've built on, it's gone. Mm -hmm. And I know people talk about having an email list, but yes, that's not the legacy business that we're trying to create. The podcasts, the books, the speaking engagements, they're really where you want to be. 
That's what positions you as the expert rather than just someone who's gone and found a trending reel and blown up. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing as well, like whether this was a little bit of an egotistic (laughs) endeavor, I don't know, but I was feeling a little like down about my outcome because, I mean, even as an expert, we all go through it ourselves as well, but I was feeling a little down about my own. I'm trying to really use my Instagram more as a portfolio of my work now, you know, showcase the studio, showcase my ideas as an executive producer, and so, of course, with that is a massive drop in engagement. I know how to make something go viral. Like, I, I know how to get, like, 100,000 views. Like, I, you, you know what to do to, like, if you've been doing it for so long, for your own brand anyway, obviously. And now that I'm going in a completely different direction, I was feeling a little, like, oh, you know, you just crave that dopamine, yes. I guess, that little that little hit. I did, to make myself feel better, I used a, a lot of the AI tools to kind of search myself. You know, asking Gemini, which was previously known as Bard, it's Google's AI and ChatGPT, like, who is Erin May Henry? Why is she famous? <laughs> and the fact that it even just produced results, I was like, God damn, there is so much out there that exactly like you said, if Instagram disappeared tomorrow, I still have a legacy worth of work. You know, someone such as like Australian business coach or personal branding expert, like that kind of SEO, it really, really, really helps in the sustainability conversation. And so those are maybe some of the things that people want to think about diversifying your energy when it comes to your creation. Yeah. And I'm just curious from your perspective. I know for me, I'm finding I'm getting really bored scrolling social media. <laughs> it's same. all just the That's same. why no one's liking yes. anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I personally thought it was coming from, just the, the lack of engagement, the drop. Like even if you're trying to build a community, and I know you've got a big community, have you noticed the same thing on, on your own platform? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I yeah. was, someone was so freaking out to me the other day, like, oh, my content's getting no likes on it. And I was like, nobody, mm. people aren't watching that. Like the first point of call when you have a, a fear or a limiting belief around social media is exactly like you just yes. said, look at your own behavior. You know, I ran a mastermind recently and a lot of the ladies in there were like, oh, I'm finding it really hard to get comments on my Instagram at the moment. All right. I said, okay, every single person, tell me the last thing you commented on. Do you think anyone could answer that question? No, no, no. I don't comment. Nobody comments. And yet we're complaining about, because we see Hayley Bieber has a bunch of comments from, you know, she's got millions and millions of followers. And that's the kind of like the comparison that people draw. But it's really thinking about, yes, the behavior is changing, but what is your current behavior? Where are you consuming? Where are you getting, where are you interacting with people? What would you do? What would make you comment, like, or subscribe or follow someone? And then trying to build a blueprint strategy. I mean, I've got a whole entire system and formula that I've created for helping people to personalize the personal brand experience. I created this system called the Creator Archetypes, which is essentially just helping people to identify the type of creator they are, the type of personal brand that they are, so that the information in which they listen to when it comes to advice on the internet and that they learn from is relevant to them. Because, you know, a lot of people say a lot of very definitive stuff like, educational content is dead. Yes, you and must like, do this. This is the only yeah. way. And it's like, but hang this on, is the only way. <laughs> Honestly, I saw someone and they are a well-known social media or Instagram teacher and they were like, you have to be relatable. You have to be funny. Like the only way to grow. And I guess that's very TikTok-esque yes. podcast. I ain't seen Alex Hermosi crack a joke. Or you know what I mean? Or like a bunch of the Nutty psychologists, <laughs> the bunch of the psychologists that I follow that talk about childhood trauma, like they're not being exactly. funny. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, it's just, it's not the place. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And 
I just think that when you're able to identify the type of creator you are, you're able to distinguish very much like health. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people don't have the education, but many people are starting to understand that health is such a personal experience, the type of exercise you do, the type of diet you eat, the type of supplements you take. Like it's not going to give you any benefit unless it's enjoyable and therefore sustainable, but personalized to your own biochemistry. And so it's the same with social media. You know, you have certain skills and personality and background and goals and a type of business that you run. And there's going to be a certain creative style that's going to be most relevant to that creator. I, I've completely gone off on a tangent. No, now, not but. at all. I love the creator <laughs> archetypes because I've actually done your course. <laughs> and I've delved into those. Yes, yes, yes. Because awesome, as, someone who, awesome. as someone who would like, if someone would have asked me, like, what's your favorite type of content to create or how do you best create content? It is very hard to actually sit down and go, these are the things that I'm really good at. But yeah. you've actually got a little quiz on your site as well, which helps you identify your creator architect. Yeah. And yeah, when you go through that process, it allows you to really hone into, well, where am I best suited to putting yeah. my energy? Because if you're trying, I know you talk about this a lot, but if you're trying to actually put your energy into something that doesn't feel natural, feels really yeah. awkward, it's just going to feel damn hard. It's going to take course. ages to do. And then you're just going to hate doing it and not do it at all. And then procrastinate yes. and then wonder why and then blame the algorithm. Yeah. I'm interested to know what did you, what result did you get? What archetype are you? Oh, I came up with the conversationalist. It was very, very so. close. <laughs> it was across a few of them. Funnily enough, when I reflect on so many things throughout my, my life, I'm never definitively one thing. I'm across so yeah. many different things. I'm like this multi-passionate person, multifaceted that I like to have everything. So yeah, I found it yeah. really hard to come up with one. Of course. And I, and that's so many people, me as well. I, yes. I change between a speaker and, and a relationship mm. creator, like, again, every single day based on my outfit and personality choice. Yeah, and where but, we are in our cycles as well. I mean, that completely changes things, how we're feeling. But the thing with the creator archetypes, like, and back to the conversation, to answer your question even further around where do I see this going and my, my, my cry, my call out to more sustainable content strategies is like as a conversationalist for example like for sure you could go down the path of doing your podcast and then prioritizing the short clips putting them on tiktok you know that's the very generic strategy but the body of work that you could create you know taking this podcast on a tour and actually going around and interviewing people in front of a live audience turning the advice of your guests like timothy timothy ferris did into a book like there's so many ways in which we can really capitalize on our skills, make it easy for ourselves, and then create a very creative reproduction system or, or, you know, redistribution system, I should call it, off of capturing our magic. People think that like, oh, some of the advice that I'm giving, you know, try to get more SEO-based strategy into your personal brand plan. People think it's a really difficult endeavor. I'm like, when you understand your creator archetype and you are creating magic within that, now it's just about redistributing it according to the different platforms. Like exactly with this podcast, you could get AI, you could get someone to turn every single episode you've done into, you know, an advice column piece that you put up on your website and then turn that into a book and then turn that into a tour and turn it into, like there's so many things that you can do. It's just that people are so caught up in the 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 addiction to short content, the the, the easy payoff of like, okay, let me just record around like the advice just record around and clip put a bunch of text over it and put it to a trending sound that's great it's good for boosting those views I totally get it as well you know it's the 10% of the content strategy it's good for visibility 
But if you make that your entire thing, nobody nobody knows who you are. You become extremely, extremely replaceable. But we haven't been taught any other way. And I think that's it. There is so much, so many of the experts, and I say in inverted commas here, Telling mm-hmm. us that you just grab the six second trick, six second clip because that's what's trending right now. Put your B roll, like your audio over the B roll, and mm-hmm. that's going to blow up. But it doesn't. Yeah. Maybe it blows yeah. up that one person who maybe happens to yeah. be a social media person who is telling mm-hmm. everyone else <laughs> how to do it, and it's only blowing up yeah. their account because everyone wants to follow them to get the tips. It of doesn't course. work for of everyone. Course. Or they do six yes. until it does blow up, and then they delete the rest of yeah. it and say, you know, <laughs> so I, yeah, I'm seeing. I've seen it all. I've seen it all. Honestly, I've seen I've seen every single thing possible. I've been taught every single thing mm-hmm. possible. Like some of the advice that I've received from people over the years has just blown, blown my mind. And, and, and I'm not saying these people are inherently wrong or they're trying to mislead people. Like they are just trying to to make their own way to build their own business. And they probably don't know any better either. But my approach has always been sustainability. That's why I call my company the Chillpreneur Company. And so Quite often, I've just had the foresight and being in it so long, having so many experiences, having mentored thousands of people at this point, and having the foresight to understand, well, you know that this leads to this and leads to this. So yeah, you can blow up a faceless account with really trendy reels, but then how do you monetize that? Mm-hmm. How do you build trust? How do you expand out of that? Yeah. How do you evolve? You know, Because I've seen that the influencers that have millions of followers and they can't get 10 people to come to an event or sell even a handful of t-shirts, you know, that's a a famous story in the industry, but you know, you do see it. And I've seen it in more close proximity as well, where it goes one way or the other. It's either too monetized or too strategized and people essentially end up with nothing. Mm, Yeah. I mean, if you you really are just starting for the followers, numbers don't equate to sales. They don't necessarily mean that you've got a community either. And if you do go through lots of different eras and iterations of your business, they're not necessarily going to follow you along that path. Community yeah. is where it's at. That personal brand, yes. not the faceless accounts. Exactly. Like you said, exactly. when you try to sell something, who are you? You're a pretty yeah. picture. Stock video. Exactly. Exactly. And unfortunately, I have seen a lot of people stuck in that and then they're almost too scared to start introducing themselves yeah. and their face. And Because when they do, of course, they don't get engagement mm-hmm. because people aren't used to it. And then, of course, for women specifically, the worst case scenario that I've seen is they have like the faceless account, they're showing themselves every so often, and then they start to try flip into face-to-camera content. It doesn't get anywhere near the same engagement. And then now we're riddled with all these limiting beliefs, like people think I'm ugly, I'm unintelligent, like it's my face. It's my face that people don't like, even if they don't think that consciously, yeah, subconsciously. And so, of course, it's going to cause massive procrastination and probably even a lot of anxiety in the business yes absolutely and this all ties neatly back to this getting to like know and love yourself isn't it becoming the coolest person that you know loving everything about yourself liking yourself getting to know who you are who you want to be what you want to create in this world because without knowing that like how can you create something that is so uniquely you how do you get to bring your own unique magic to it have your own personal brand and to yeah create something, create a legacy that people want to follow. Exactly. And I think the biggest part in how so much of this work ties together, obviously when you like yourself, it's just, it's easier to show up. Like point blank period. If you like yourself, you've built a good relationship with yourself, putting yourself out there into a world in a creative, vulnerable way is a lot easier. If you are riddled with self-doubt and self-criticism, showing up on the internet is going to be very difficult, faceless or not. But 
even more so than that, it allows you to not get addicted to the validation that comes with the quick win content. Yeah. I'll just call it that. You know, I've been there. Trust me, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from experience. I have absolutely been the person who, you know, is riding the high of, of consistent virality, especially like the years when Reels came out, you know, million view, million views, million views, million views. And then when that goes away, because inevitably it will, social media is an ebb and flow. It changes and it evolves. If your self-validation comes from external validation, comes from the quick wins, comes from the likes, where's it going to leave you, you know, mm. to, to, to burn it? That's where at least most people, because they, they push harder and harder yes. and harder and post more and create more and they chase and chase and chase. It's literally gambling. Yes. You know, when you see it's, it's the sunk cost bias at that point, you're like, I need the addiction, unfortunately. Whereas when you do become the coolest person, you know, when you are focused on using your story, using your own evolution, using your own voice and your skills to create something that does leave a legacy that builds an empire, you allow yourself to be comfortable in going a bit slower, in putting that little bit of extra time, energy, because you're not chasing that that quick win or that validation. So yeah, it it will allow you to write the book, to start the YouTube channel, to do the interviews to create the art essentially the everlasting art because your love and your validation and your excitement and your joy and fulfillment will come from this is so stereotypical to say but come from the process rather than the the result Mm -hmm. oh I love that (laughs) what a neat little bow to put on everything yes (laughs) and I'd love to know what are you working on at the moment I know there's probably a million different things what is it that you're working on at the moment? You've got your BTC Peak Toolkit. You've also got yeah. and is it the next iteration coming out of Influential AF? AF, so? yes. So <laughs> yes. We, we are we are changing our. I mean, most most of all, it's it's mostly just stylistically because I have evolved my yes. personal brand again to be very colourful and unfortunately, to be you. products That's what don't it is. match that. <laughs> I know everyone's like, oh my god, this is so new, like the pink. I'm like, scroll back a little further. That's pink it. was there like two years ago. <laughs> it's just. This is, I'm like, you know how the, they say fashion repeats itself every 20 years. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, I'm on a two-year cycle at this point. <laughs> We're seeing all the 90s um, stuff coming back through. I'm like, really? I'm sure I probably have some of still in my closet. I know. I need to stop selling my stuff and yeah. keeping it because I know I'm going to come back to it in two years. But what I'm really, really working on, so yes, we are, we are making some small iterations to the info side of our business, but essentially we are working our little butts off to build the other two legs of our business, which is going to be building around our studio. So we have a studio here in Footscray, Melbourne, Australia, and essentially people are going to be able to hire this out. My partner's a videographer, photographer, so you can hire him. I can give, you know, consulting and brand strategy. Yeah, exactly. So whether it's just hiring the studio or getting the full package, but the other side is we are building out a creative consultancy agency which is very exciting I know this is like the first you know when I said I'm an open book this is like yes. by the way conversations we're having like this a week so you're the first to know but we I mean I mean I, I've like I said I've taken on a few executive producing jobs and I am obsessed I do love being the star of the show like I'm a I'm a Leo moon Gemini son if you're into astrology so I love to talk and I love to be in front of a camera but there's just some kind of I don't know calling that I guess I have of of, of producing and being the person talking behind the camera yeah. really essentially and helping people come up with ideas so we're yeah evolving a bit of a 
production house, amazing, essentially. Amazing. And it's funny you say yeah. that about shifting from your role in front of the camera to the one behind. And I think this is such an evolution of, like, I'm always thinking of like the old wisdom, whether it be, I can't think of the word, like a monk or something like that, where it's like, you have gone from being the apprentice to now the teacher. Yeah. I still want to be both. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. Be, I'll be the star <laughs> and the producer. But no, it's really interesting because I just get to work on so many different, I get to utilize my skills in so many different ways. Obviously, there's only so much content I can produce for myself without it becoming overwhelming for me, my partner, or our team, or anyone consuming it. And I am filled with ideas. So the fact that I actually get to utilize a lot of these ideas because I'm not just producing for myself now, it feels really good. Amazing. Oh, I love it so much. Erin, where can we find you? I know you're across all of the different channels. Where do you like to hang out the most? The place that I would love to direct people to because it'll hold me accountable is one of my biggest goals this year is towards my YouTube channel. So I do have a YouTube channel, Erin May Henry. Like I said, it's where I started. But the place, if you do want to connect with me and have a conversation, is definitely Instagram. Yes. So I'm always over there. Erin May Henry. Erin May Henry everywhere. <laughs> nice and consistent. You can <laughs> ask ChatGPT. <laughs> Where can I find Erin May Henry? <laughs> direct you. And also the podcast as well. I believe there's a brand new podcast yeah. out. Yes. Yeah. So that's what you can find on YouTube. I mean, I do have an audio version of it, mm-hmm. but again, I'm trying to trying to get out of YouTube jail when you don't upload yeah. for a little while there. <laughs> they put you in jail. Oh my God. <laughs> just like, obviously, it's just the consistency side of things. Yeah. So, yeah, my new podcast, Becoming the Course Person I Know, which is just having conversations very much like we've had today. So, all about the mindset side of, you know, building a mega empire, but also these conversations around choosing yourself, aging energetically. <laughs> I don't have a statement for it. I don't have a brand for it yet, but I'll come It'll up with come. something. But just aging in general, having a conversation, you know, if you're a woman in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, or anything beyond that, that life doesn't end. And that's a big part of what we're talking about, identity evolving, shifting, having fun, hobbies, all the things. Oh, amazing. Well, I was going to ask you, is there one last parting piece of wisdom that you'd love to leave us with, but you've you've kind of done it there. Would you like to add anything else? Honestly, I feel like this is going to be really relevant to your audience based on what you have you know, shared with me that your mission is, but it is just trusting that little voice inside. Like I, obviously you and I have both shared an experience on today's episode of not and the repercussions of that. And of course, I'm sure I'm such a big believer of the fact that everything does happen for a reason. And I know that I needed to go through to what I went through to get to where I am today, but that little voice is there for, for a reason, you know? And so to whatever you need to do, you know, to learn to trust that. I'm assuming join your programs. (laughs) Whatever you need to do to learn to trust yourself a little bit more, just do it. Do that work. That's the work. Like, you know, a lot of the stuff that I talk to people about when it comes to content creation and business and stuff, people are like, it's so hard on myself. It's it's, it's not. I know people get annoyed at me when I say Mm -hmm. that. What is hard is the distrust in self. It's the self-criticism. It's the overthinking. It's the pressure. It's the procrastination. And all of that comes from a lack of self-trust. So super important, the work that you're doing. I love it. That know, like, and trust factor for for ourselves. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm obsessed. (laughs) Me too. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Erin. I've absolutely loved having you. Thank you for having me. I've got sore cheeks now. I loved that. (laughs) Me too. Smiling too much. Bye. You've been listening to Feminine Luminary with Amanda Hunter. 
If you're ready to be bigger and bolder in your business, grab my Slay Yourself Sabotage in 10 Minutes cheat sheet, which is linked in the show notes. And be sure to share this episode with another luminary leader who needs to hear it and hit subscribe to be the first to know when the next episode drops. Until next week, my love, come say hi over on Instagram at I am underscore Amanda Hunter.